Welcome to The Influential Parent. We are your hosts, Amanda Blake and Nikki Porter. This podcast provides both a parent and educator perspective and the facts in order to help parents become informed about all things tech, whether it is social media, apps, or the websites that our children have access to. This podcast will hopefully help you navigate the ever-changing technology journey with your children. So Amanda, welcome back. We are in January. We want to talk a little bit about this new Buzz website or artificial intelligence. It's called ChatGPT. It was something that we kind of were introduced to before we had gone on break, but now um, we dug in a little bit more and we just kind of want to talk about it. What is it? What are some great things that this can potentially produce? And what are some things as leaders and parents that we need to kind of think through as this is something that's available? Right. Before we went out on break and into the break, a lot of educators were really curious about this and using it in their homes for fun. And then as we're back in school, we're starting to look at it from the educational perspective as well. So To get some more insight on that perspective, today we have Chuck Holland, and he is a director of instructional technology in our district. And so we're really excited to have you here today, Chuck. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background so our listeners know more about you? Sure. So as as I said, my name is Chuck Holland. I am the director for instructional technology. My background really is, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher first. I started out as a social studies teacher at the high school, and I, I had the opportunity way back in the day of 2000 of teaching a group of kids in what was called the e-school. We were one-to-one back in 2000, which was relatively new at the time. So I've been in, in the world of technology and education really since 2000. And, and so, you know, I've seen lots of different changes come about, and I will honestly say this may be one of the biggest. Well, Chuck, we'll just also add in that you're our boss. <laughs> just and, so yeah, other people kind of, that, yes, so. yes, and yes. I, you know, and when you edit this out, make sure, you know, you make me look really good. <laughs> well, so one day before break, you introduced us as a team to this AI assistant that's been trained by OpenAI to kind of answer questions and provide information on a wide variety of topics. It's called, as I said, Chat GPT. Chuck, tell us more about how how this assistant came out. And this was just two months ago, like in, back in November. So how does this thing work, this website? So, so Chat GPT is it's artificial intelligence, and it really it was released on November 30th. So I mean, it's really only been around a little bit over a month, which makes it more impressive, especially when you think of the number of people that are on it and using it. They they grew to over a million users within like four or five days. Wow! And so you know, it's a it's an AI assistant that's trained to answer questions and provide information, but it's it's something that's we already know what AI is, and we've seen AI in lots of different things. We have it at home with. Alexa, Siri, hey Google mm-hmm. Assistant, or you know, I have Google Home, same thing. You know, that's a that's a type of AI that gives you back voice created information and stuff. This is not voice, it's typing, but it can give you back information on so many different things. You know, like when you ask Siri or Alexa, you know, it's pretty superficial and the kind of information you get back, it sends you to a website. It's almost like doing a Google search mm-hmm. and, and stuff. But this isn't like a Google search at all. This gives you back the information that you would get in a Google search, but it takes all that information and gives it back you back to you in a way that is easy. And so it's it's pretty impressive. 
And it's actually, I mean, playing around with it, it's not just a simple statement. I mean, you can get a substance amount of information that's typed out in coherent language, like mm-hmm. somebody had just literally typed it up for you instantly. I think the thing that's so impressive with it is that it's, it's able to do that so quickly. Yeah. And then when it does it, it's, it's basically like, like a, a student goes out or you go out and you do a Google search and you pull all this information and you start looking through each website and you start pulling that information out that's useful to you and you put it in your document or whatever mm-hmm. you're working on. AI, the chat GPT, it does all that work for you. So you don't have to go out and do the searching. You know, all you need to be able to do is ask the right kinds of questions to get the information you want. And that's what makes it scary for educators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now their students have that capability of doing that. You know, the the old essay piece of, hey, write me a five paragraph essay on the mm-hmm. fall of the Roman Empire. Well, that's not going to be very difficult for a student now. In fact, when I had ChatGPT do that for me, it gave back what I would have given my ninth grade student a very good grade on, and it was accurate. You know, was it perfect? No. But was it accurate? Yes. And that's where, you know, this is different, because when I first was introduced to it, my first inclination was to say, what's the weather? because those are the type of questions that you get that immediate feedback from on Google or whatever device you're using. This is not the Q and A format. But it is, so you can do that. What it doesn't do is current events. So like, and it'll tell you on the website, 2021 and to the present, it's not very good. Mm -hmm. You know, it is better with older data because it's going out and searching through all that data. But you can ask it questions, and it gives you back responses. It remembers what you ask, and then you can ask additional information on top of that for clarification or to rephrase the thing that you want so that you get that information. You know, one of our tech coaches, she did the, can you do me a a meal plan? And Mm -hmm. and so it created a meal plan for it, and then she followed that up with, can you generate a shopping list based off of the meal plan? Mm-hmm. So it remembers everything in the meal plan and gives the shopping list. So it does allow for some of that Q&A. And a lot of people are using it to ask questions about relationships and all kinds of different things. So. Does it give advice for as far as relationships? I wouldn't know. I've been married three times. <laughs> all right. So, Chuck, you, you, know, you talked about that experience with the technology coach in our district. So you're in the world, you're a director of instructional technology. Have you talked to other people about this technology? Yeah, we've, I've talked to some of the people who do the work that I do from other neighboring districts. And, you know, and, and really right now nobody knows what to do with it. I mean, we don't, you know, you can, you can block it so that mm-hmm. students can't access it. That's going to be what a lot of teachers are going to ask for once they really see it and, and stuff. But, you know, that doesn't get you anywhere because students still have access at home. So mm-hmm. blocking it is not a solution. So it's really kind of waiting to see how it plays out a little bit and then starting to look at how do we work with our teachers and even our students on how it can be used in an appropriate way. There's nothing wrong with the resource and there's nothing wrong with the information it gives you. It's the only thing that comes out that's wrong is how you use it. So if you use it to 
bypass your writing assignments and things like that, that's obviously not the right thing to do. But if you're using it to enhance your learning on various things or to go deeper into your learning, then it's a great tool. You mentioned something earlier and talked about the, that it pulls information from various websites into this you know, paragraph form or essay format. Is the information accurate? You know, they, they will tell you on their website that there are areas where they might not be accurate. So you do need to verify the data that it does pull. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done a lot of different searches and I've done it on things that I am familiar with so that I can see whether or not it's accurate. And for the most part, I've not seen anything that I would say that's wrong. Mm -hmm. I usually see things where it's correct, but it's just, it's kind of superficial in the level that it digs in. So at least on the initial question, you can get it to go deeper with additional questions. Okay. But you know, you do need to be careful and, and chat GPT will tell you that. Like if you go out and ask chat GPT what are its advantages and disadvantages it will tell you that you need to be careful with the information that it provides you and that you need to check it and that was something that leading into this conversation that we're recording right now I went to chat GPT and said what are the limitations of using chat PT and so it does talk the limitation is that it is only as good as the data it is trained on so you know and it can be biased and it's incomplete information which you saw you talked about it's just kind of surface level basic information and you can use that as like a starting point a launching pad I think about our students and even you know, it could be big students that were in college and dissertations, but it's just a level of foundation to say, okay, this is a start. Now I can kind of move in and dig deeper and put my thoughts into it, put my research into it. And, but that foundation was kind of built already. And you mentioned even bias. And I think that's something that's important that people recognize is that it is pulling this information from data that it has access to. And we don't know what that data is mm -hmm. or where they're pulling all that information. But information online is biased depending on who put that information on. So if you're pulling information and it's pulling from specific websites, there could be biases already built in. And that's going to translate into whatever mm -hmm. you're putting. So I did one asking it to create a business plan for a particular thing. And it, it automatically assumed that a male person was doing this business plan, mm. which may not have been the case because it was actually something my wife was interested in. So it's just, and Mr. Blank would, it just automatically assumed. And so right. those are things you need to be careful with. So Chuck, one thing that has come up on educator blogs and podcasts and everything is this idea of disruptive technology. And sometimes that has gone back to the calculator, you know, oh my gosh, the calculator came out and math teachers were freaking out about it. And so when we look at this as a possible disruption to technology in the classroom, what do you have to say about that? I definitely think that it, it is a disruptor. And I think that it's happened, like you said, with the calculator and then moving into the world of technology, you know, Google came out. You could find your answers, you know, teacher ask a question, you just type the question in, it gives you back the answer. And so all new technologies bring about some sort of disruption in the class and challenges teachers to rethink the way they do their lessons. And I think that's the biggest thing. And teachers typically adapt, but then to some extent they don't. I mean, we were talking and I mentioned to you all earlier how, you know, I graduated high school 
a long time ago, <laughs> and it's still the same. The kinds of questions that teachers are asking students are still the same kinds of questions. The kind of work they're asking students to do is the same kind of work. If teachers stay in that mindset of always doing the same thing, then these kinds of tools are going to help kids circumvent showing what they really know. They're just going to give teachers answers that they're looking for, and some kids may get past the teacher on that and get a good grade and move on, but they didn't learn the content, which comes back later to haunt them. And so, but for teachers, if you really want to know what a student knows, you need to rethink the kinds of questions you're asking and the kinds of things you're asking them to show you in the work that they do. So I have a question, kind of piggybacking off of it, and I want to ask Amanda and Chuck as well. We're all educators, so if we were still in the classroom and this came out, how would you embrace it? Like, what are some ways, Chuck, you were in high school, both Amanda and I were elementary, how would you embrace it and bring this in as a potential way to, to use it? What advice or ways could teachers see themselves using it with their students? Go ahead, Amanda. Well, I can think of two things. So when I was playing around with it, I asked it to write me a lesson plan about teaching third grade math from an inquiry stance and it third grade multiplication. And it came out with this beautiful lesson plan about getting kids involved, asking kids to notice about math equations and talk with a partner. And it was wonderful and I could have gone and I feel confident that if I stood in front of a group of third graders and went through that lesson plan that that would be a great lesson. So educators who are looking for new things to try in their classroom might go to chat GPT and so as a teacher this could have been great if I thought this is an area where I want to grow as a teacher. I know my lessons are missing this ChatGPT helped me bring it in. The second thing it makes me think of is helping kids have a model of, for example, a piece of writing. So another kind of experiment that I did was asked ChatGPT to write me a story in the style of Dave Pilkey. And then I would think, how can I use this lesson to help my kids understand writing in the style of an author? And then even from there, if I have kids in my class who are reading Dave Pilkey books, did ChatGPT do a good job of writing? And now it's kind of an analysis lesson as well. And so when kids are using authors as models, this is just another model for them to look critically at and then think, what should the chat have done differently? And now what can we do as writers now that we've studied this author from a variety of, of perspectives? And those are two great points, and I think that using it to do lesson plans is obviously one of the first things I think all teachers will jump in on. I mean, it's, a, it's like having a secretary, an assistant to do your work for you. It's a great tool for that. I also think that in the classroom, we work with a lot of teachers who want small group instruction. When a teacher's working with a small group of students and other students are working independently on something else, there are times they have questions and they need the answers to. And, and so ChatGPT can be one of those resources, you know, we, that, that phrase I hear at the elementary schools, ask three before me. That's a great mm -hmm. strategy. You know? And so now you can ask three and then ChatGPT can be number four <laughs> before you go up to the teacher. But 
there are just a lot of little things. I mean, I think more and more strategies and ideas for using it will come out the mm -hmm. longer it's around. We need to remember this isn't the first AI tool that's come out. It's just the one that has gone mainstream first. You know, it has only been out since November 30th. It's already undergone lots of different changes and improvements. Like right now, it can't do new content, but that's going to change. How it mm -hmm. handles old content is going to be very different as it progresses and as it learns. As AI learns, it gets mm -hmm. better. I, I heard a quote yesterday on a podcast, and it said that people won't be replaced by AI but people who don't use AI will be replaced by people who do use AI. It is a tool that is gonna be very helpful for people and help make their jobs more efficient. As we look at it in education, and as parents think about how kids are gonna be doing this at home, there's questions in my mind, like right now, I have no clue about privacy issues on this. When you log in, you're logging in with an email account, you do have to give them a phone number in order to verify the account. I don't know anything about that. You know, I don't know like what it's doing with the types of questions that you're asking and those sorts of things, how it's playing with that data, who also has access to the information. So there's a lot of questions that, that I have on this, but at this point in time, I don't know where to go mm -hmm. for, for all of this information. I mean, they're pretty vague on there, but as a parent, you need to be careful. Obviously, anytime a student is logging into something new, what are the ramifications of those kinds of things? As a parent, there's things you can do. When my daughters were in high school, I'm a history teacher. I did not do well, or let me rephrase that. I couldn't remember math very well. <laughs> so when they would come to me with a math question, I would just simply say, I don't know, go to Khan Academy. Yeah. Now, ChatGPT can help a student solve a problem that they're struggling with. It's, it's another aid. We're paying a lot of money in our district now for tutoring and other additional resources to help regain learning loss. This is another tool, and this one right now is free. I love that you said it as a tool. I think that in when I was teaching in the classroom and thinking ELA, I know that a lot of our students struggle with even getting started with the writing piece, and I think ChatGPT can definitely help at least start that with that support. But it also, I've seen some teachers try out just taking a simple article and can you bring this down to, you know, if it was a fifth grade level, bring it down to a third grade level, setting them up for more success just by using that tool. And that's what ChatGPT can do. So since we try to gear this podcast toward parents as well, can, can, Either of you, Nikki or Chuck, think of some conversations that you might have at home or that you might want to start to bring up with kids. And they, they will look different for younger kids and older kids, but what type of conversations do you think parents can start to have about technology, about artificial intelligence? Well, I think that what Chuck had already mentioned it, the ability for it to be that support kind of tutor at home. Like I am, I 
my son just finished geometry and I would not be able to help him. And this tool could essentially, let's go ask ChatGPT and talk about, let's verify that the information is accurate, I think is one of the things because it's still pulling, we don't know where exactly it's pulling from because there's no citations within ChatGPT. And so it's, it's making sure that that content is accurate. And so that's one of the things that I can see us having that conversation about. There's no way to... Well, and now actually this morning I was at a school and somebody said that there is a plagiarizer checker for chat GPT. I don't know what it is yet. There's some that are that are paid. I told them, I said, well, send that to me so I can kind of research this because that was another aspect that we talked about that you don't know if it's plagiarized. There's mm -hmm. no way of checking that. And so it's, this morning it was something that came up when I was talking to one of the teachers. When it comes to plagiarizing, Work. Students have been doing that since the mm. dawn of time. Mm -hmm. They're going to continue doing that, mm -hmm. and we, we know that and stuff. I think that, you know, oftentimes as a teacher, you're going to know whether a student wrote something simply based on the style of writing. You should already see some of their writing samples, whether mm -hmm. it's in class or whether it's through other assignments. Chat GPT came out in November you're teaching a year-long class you had them for a few months so you've seen some of their writing and so hopefully you can use that but I think that at the end of the day there's a lot of great ways that a parent can use this working with their mm -hmm. student and I, I think that they need at this point need to be careful with it because we don't know the accuracy of everything you know and obviously like if you want to help your son with geometry and you put something in and you say there you go and it's wrong well, he's not going to be happy. <laughs> but I think the things that you already know, that you can verify, then mm -hmm. you can be like, that's good. And how often do we actually go back and check that stuff anyway? If it comes on the internet, it must be true. <laughs> so why wouldn't it be true in chat GPT? So we're talking about these home uses. So I want to ask you both, you've, you've talked about playing around with it. What is the best non-school thing you've done with chat GPT? Well, just last week, we were playing around with it, and I asked it to create a five-day workout plan for a woman over the age of 40. And, and I verified, having a good background in mm -hmm. uh, being a former trainer, and it was a, a pretty good workout. Now, for me, if I were to use it, knowing my limitations, but if another trainer were to go out and verify it, you'd have to know your person that you're working with and that to verify. But that one was fun. I did enjoy that one. You have your own personal trainer now, just like Chuck talked about having an assistant, so you could have your own personal trainer. Mandy, you can fire Nikki. I can. <laughs> yes. Fired. But, yeah, but, but talking about that, I remember last week when you brought that up and we talked about the biases even in that search because there were multiple types of answers that came back, like one focused on lots of different body parts at one yes. time and then others and so if your belief is you work on small body parts for a period of time and leave the others rest or you're a believer in you know so you may look at this and go that's not right right you know based yep. on your my mm -hmm. previous experience yeah. with it yeah and so mm -hmm. I Developing. think that's important especially mm -hmm. when you're starting to look at personal stuff you know because now you're going to find like when it comes back with data is that the data you want it 
And if not, are you going to keep regenerating it until you get something mm-hmm. that yep. you want? And that's where those biases come into play. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that I've done anything really fun with it. I've done the no exercise plan, but <laughs> have done like played around with a meal plan. I do barbecue competitions, so I asked it some questions related to barbecue competitions and different things like that. But it was, other than that, not much. Did you get any new advice for your barbecue competitions? No, it, it did all the same things. You talked about appearance and taste and texture, all the things that judge judges you on. So that's why I mean it's very superficial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what it gives you back. So. But if I knew nothing about barbecue, that might be a place for me to start. Then I'd have those keywords to go and do a real search. Well, Amanda, how about you? Have you used ChatGPT? Well, the first thing I played around with was writing Christmas cards to extended family because this was right before the break. So write me a Christmas card for my mother-in-law or things like that. And then my husband actually used it to write a toast for me for my 40th birthday over break. That's right. (laughs) I remember that. So he was very happy with having chat GPT around so he could write that very heartfelt message to me. Did did it work? (laughs) It was very nice. It was this wonderful tribute to me (laughs) was about how I keep the family together, how I do so much for our household, and I'm getting better with age, it told me. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you this then, did he just take what ChatGPT wrote for him, or did he modify it? Well, in Personalize that moment, it. Oh, no. In that moment, he was reading it from his phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, he was looking at it, and I said, well, what do you think? Is it, is it any good? And he said, well, this sort of makes me mad. And I said, why does it make you mad? And he said, because it's better than anything I would think to write. <laughs> you were talking about before with students, sometimes giving a, a student a blank canvas can be very intimidating. And we talk about all kids learning different ways and coming to us with different strategies. And, you know, if there's a child who sees a blank piece of paper and the teacher says, write a story, the teacher may think that that's very freeing and, oh, you can do whatever you want. But for some kids, it's actually Mm -hmm. not. And so this might be another way that teachers you know, can help kids. The kids who love the blank canvas can start with that. And the kids who need a little more support getting started, this can be a tool to help them get started. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. I've used it just to generate ideas. We're talking about different things at at work and you ask it a question and it comes up with different strategies. And then you look at it and you go, I forgot about that one. Yeah. You know, or, oh, I didn't think that that would fit in with the same category. So it's interesting to use it as a way to generate ideas, to start mm-hmm. a story or help you on that initial start of a paper. I mean, it's not much different than what you do when you go out and do research, except for the fact that it does compile it in a way that makes it look really legit. <laughs> and I also used it to write an email to my boss requesting two days off. And it was very thorough. What did you think about that, Chuck, when you received that very thorough email? Well, when I received it, I knew that you had not written it. (laughs) I never received an email like that from you. But she could have changed it. For an example, I did a 
a, 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 a test with it where I ask it to write an essay on fate and free will with Romeo and Juliet. And I wrote an essay, and it was pretty good, I think. I don't know. Mm. I don't remember Romeo and Juliet. So it just looked really good to me. And then I asked it to remove all of the complicated words. And then I went back and looked at it, and it removed some of the bigger words and some of the phrasing that was a little bit more complicated. And then I turned around and asked it to then take that same second essay piece and write it as if I was a ninth grade high school student. And then it totally changed that essay. And I want to almost say that like one of the sentences ended with, and yeah, but that, that was, <laughs> was that close to the style of writing. It says, there are lots of examples of X in the, you know, whereas mm -hmm. in the other ones, it was, you know, in Romeo and Juliet, there were lots of different, and they went into more detail before mm -hmm. they got to the point. It just got to the point with the ninth grade student, so. Which is probably very typical yeah. of a ninth grader, mm -hmm. is what you're saying, mm -hmm. which is kind of scary. Yeah. But in, in a way, you know, here you are, a ninth grade student who typed in that question. You did use some critical thinking skills to say, oh, this is not going to work. And then what about it won't work? And you had to read the essay a couple of times. And so, you know, maybe you would argue you're teaching some critical thinking and reading skills while you use chat GPT. Well, you know, and it, well, for me, as the person who did that, I actually learned that from a kid on TikTok. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, he, it was a strategy that he shared, and I went, oh. And, and so I wanted to see what it looked like, and sure enough, it, it does work. I think, though, that one of the things, and I think ChatGPT even mentions this because you mentioned critical thinking, is that it is not a substitute for critical thinking. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do some of the things you might want a student to do. There is critical thinking that goes on when you're trying to manipulate ChatGPT to give you back the mm. answers that you want. You're having to think through that process. You know, one of the things ChatGPT is very good at is coding. That's so, right. So it does a lot of really good stuff with coding and, and talking to some of the people in IT about it. A lot of what they said is, yes, it's very good. The, the language that it provides you back is very good, but that by itself would not make you a coder. You still have to have that ability to think through the whole process. So mm. you're gonna get code back and you're gonna put it in, but is it going to work? That's where that critical mm. thinking comes in. I think that it's a good tool, but there's still a lot of thinking that has to keep happening around that tool, so. Well, and you shared a YouTube video with us that this is such a foundation who knows where this is going to advance. You know, we, Dolly is another one that actually uses images to like with AI to create something even better. And so this is something that is going to get more advanced. And, and you know, AI has been around, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you've like gone to Home Depot or Lowe's, if you want to buy a piece of furniture or a refrigerator, you can actually hold your camera up and it will, put the mm -hmm. refrigerator into, that's a, that's a form of mm -hmm. AI, and they actually have now a new AI out that's called Interior AI, and you can take a picture of your room and submit that picture to the AI and then tell it a particular style that you would like to have, and it will redecorate it for you or give you decorating yes. ideas. Yes, all um, right, I'm gonna check that one out tonight. Well, I showed it to my wife, she did not like any of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whatever that means. Can you type in Magnolia? 
style or whatever that That wasn't is. one of them, but they had about 14 or 15 different styles, like bohemian, coastal, tropical, mm-hmm. industrial, whatever that means. So you mentioned Home Depot, and this is something that's also, also we've been talking about. People have been using AI for a while now. So when you go on to, for example, the Home Depot website or, or any website, you'll see that little bubble, mm-hmm. how can I help? You know, that is artificial intelligence. And so do you want to talk through how that compares to ChatGPT? Chatbot is really just designed to answer simple questions like Siri. It's like, how can I help? And you can type in, I need to ask about a refund and it'll give you the process. So then instead of searching the websites, Mm -hmm. it's just a robot basically that's trained to answer specific questions and guide you to where you need to go or next steps. And I, I just mentioned that because, you know, there's a lot of fear around new technology when it comes out like this. And oh my gosh, this new thing, and, and it's not new, and we've been using it, and it has been very helpful. And so to kind of keep that in mind, it, it could be fearful, but when you think, yeah, it has helped me a lot on certain websites when I'm trying to get a refund or when I'm trying to track my package and different things yep. like that, you know, remember that it's been helpful to us, and just because there's this new kind of avenue to it, just to keep an open mind, I think, about how it's used and it it can really be beneficial. It doesn't have to be filled with fear. All right, well, I have a proposition for us here. Okay. So we all have our computers out right now. I think we should ask ChatGPT to do a little creating for us. What do you think? Let's give it a try. All right, so so Chuck, I think you should write a letter of gratitude to your employees. <laughs> to your team. Because <laughs> we can all predict what that would look like in real life. <laughs> yes. This will be interesting. This will be good. I'm about to feel really good about myself and my <laughs> contributions to the team. I can tell. All right, so he's typed it in. I know that people can't see it, but it is typing already. So it's coming up with the, so it says, dear team. You already know I did not write this. I just wanted to take a moment to express my sincerest gratitude for all of your hard work and dedication. Without your tireless efforts, I'm sure we would have achieved even less than we have. (laughs) The fact that we've only barely hit rock bottom is a true testament to your commitment. I particularly want to thank those of you. Okay, I asked it to write a sarcastic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not feeling super energetic. I was wondering, yes. Yeah, because we've only barely hit rock bottom. We haven't quite, because you guys have kept us from rock bottom. Even less than we would have accomplished. So I can now say I'm going to ask it to take that same comment and do, do something different with it. I will take out the sarcastic part so that you can see the difference. 
I guess, and we talked about this too, I should have told my husband, you know, his his initial input into the chat GPT was write a, a toast. And then to personalize it, you do start thinking, okay, I could have added the word humorous, or I could have added the word make it a poem or something. So, all right, what'd you get? So dear team, I wanted to th- take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude. Started out just like the mm-hmm. last one for all your hard work and dedication. Your tireless efforts have not gone unnoticed, and I am so grateful to have each and every one of you on my team. This is almost like hurting. (laughs) (laughs) I am constantly impressed by the creativity, passion, and skill you bring to the projects we work on. Your ability to collaborate and support one another is truly remarkable, and it's a privilege to work with such a talented, group of individuals. I would like to particularly thank those of you who always go above and beyond, who take on extra responsibilities, and who always have a positive attitude. Your contributions have been invaluable, and I couldn't ask for a better team. It goes on, geez. I'm so (laughs) proud of what we have accomplished together, and I am excited to see what the future holds. Thank you for your hard work, your dedication, and for all that you do to make our team great. Sincerely, your name. Well, I feel just very valued. <laughs> and I just want you to know, I read that with heartfelt something. <laughs> something. I mean, it was from the heart. It was. I will say that if I were to receive an email and or card, I would know, and if it was from Chuck, I would know that that was written by somebody else. <laughs> By his personal assistant. (laughs) By his personal assistant. And I think that's important to remember if you're asking these kinds of things to do stuff, you need to recognize that you are who you are and you can't, you don't want, like if I took that, like you said, you would know immediately that's, and it's the same thing a teacher can do when they see a kid's paper. They can Mm -hmm. tell that wasn't written. Yeah. Anytime I saw a semicolon in a paper, I knew it was not written by the student. (laughs) They don't know how to do it. (laughs) <laughs> do you know how to use a semicolon no, no, yeah but gram- all those rules but grammarly does yes it tells me so which is also a form okay. of that's what i was going to say mm-hmm. it's another form of ai making mm-hmm. our lives easier and mm-hmm. making our work better mm-hmm. well that was fun thanks for taking the time to try out a chat gpt Well, Chuck, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. And we are all curious to see where this chat GPT and AI will go in the future. And we'll have to have you back as updates and new things come up. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Chuck, for hanging with us today. Thanks for joining us today. Please hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. We invite you to join us in the conversation using the hashtag TheInfluentialParent on Twitter and tell us how the conversations are going. Tag me, Amanda, using at StoryOfABlake. And I'm Nikki, at Nicole M. Porter. And that's Nicole with an H. You can also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Pinterest. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and share the podcast with family and friends.